From the trails to the road to the track, if it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Hello, everybody in podcast land. Welcome to another edition of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. I'm your host, Sean Sobon, and today I have Tiger Posey coming to us from the great state of North Carolina. Tiger is um, coming to talk to us today about his role as a community leader and tireless volunteer with the organization Girls on the Run. Tiger, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Uh, Really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, me as well. I think, you know, I'm very intrigued um, about the topic we're discussing today because you're very active in getting youth um, into activity, into running, but there's so much more that comes with it. I always say that um, running kind of parallels life. You have your ups and your downs. It kind of teaches you perseverance. You're going to have failures and you have to learn how to kind of pick yourself up and carry on. And uh, I think with the work you're doing and instilling that into our youth is such a huge, wonderful thing. So let's, let's get into that and talk about that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about what you do, what your role is, and then we'll talk about the organization itself. Sure. So professionally, I work with students. Um, I'm a behavior interventionist, um, usually positive behavior uh, interventions and supports. Uh, So, uh, trying to find the the root cause of whatever behavior it is that we may be seeing uh, in in the classroom. Um, And part of my work with those students has been trying to find an outlet uh, for um, anxiety, for uh, just absolutely you know, no physical um, activity whatsoever, which can affect uh, the way students learn. So um, that's how I came to the programs. I came to running. Uh, Let's see, my dad was a runner, uh, ran marathons, was part of a a track club or a roadrunners club uh, where I grew up and ran my first race uh, at two years old. Uh, I won, yeah, I was youngest in race of a fun run. Um, And it's uh, actually a famous uh, race that I'm sure we'll get into, but the Maggie Valley Moonlight Race, um, it used to be a very famous uh, 10K uh, that uh, a lot of world-class runners came to participate in, and uh, I actually remember uh, quite a few, and I've made a a few contacts, gotten in touch with a few of those guys since, Um, but yeah, I got into running early. I got to see the advantages of running uh, from an early age. And I knew that it was something that could really benefit a lot of the students uh, that I was working with and could uh, affect a lot of those behaviors uh, that we saw. Okay. Um, So so let me ask then, um, you were working in schools, there are kids that have these behaviors and, you know, it's it's quite commonplace. Um, Did you seek out a way to kind of get that outlet or how did you get involved in all of that? Okay, so um, I was running uh, one day and really that's where, and I'm sure you do, a lot of your listeners, uh, that's where you do your best thinking. That's where you clear your mind. That's where those things that tend to weigh on you um, really get sorted out. 
So uh, that's what I was doing. And I said, what better way is there than what I'm doing right now uh, for kids to figure it out? Because I, uh, I had a lot of stress when I was a kid, a lot of anxiety. Um, it was a tough house uh, to be brought up in. But the best thing that my dad gave me was uh, the love of running. And so I got on, you know, your search engines the next day and looked for running programs for kids. It was an easy search. And it just so happens that the two that popped up had originated in North Carolina. Um, and those were the two that I sought out and that uh, we've implemented in our schools. Oh, that's fantastic. So you mentioned two. What are the, the two groups? So we know there's so let right? me run, um, which is the boys program. That's okay. for four, fourth and fifth grade boys. Um, they run a curriculum that's very similar to girls on the run um, where they it's all about the social emotional learning um, and they train for uh, throughout the curriculum. So um, you're hitting on lessons uh, as far as positive communication and those kinds of things, but you're also getting the physical aspect and the, and the goal setting and things like that of running. That's wonderful. So um, how often are the kids engaging in the program? How often are they running per week, I guess? Okay, um, so I mentioned Let Me Run, and Girls on the Run is the girls program, and uh, that's for third, fourth, and fifth grade girls. Um, sorry, you're probably going to have to cut that. I got one. We, we talked about the dogs. There's, we did talk about the dogs. I'm talking to her. I'm talking to you, so she's talking to me. So let me Looking for some out. attention. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know you're recording. You have to cut that. I apologize. No, that's um, okay. That's okay. But uh, the girls are third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, they've also got a middle school program called, called Heart and Soul. Um, they are meeting twice a week. Both the boys and the girls programs meet twice a week. Uh, the curriculum runs for six to eight weeks, depending on the program. Um, and they're meeting for an hour and a half or so after school um, each day. That's wonderful. Uh, so, you know, they're, yeah, they're getting, the, they're getting their hours in, they're getting their hours in. Okay. Do you, how, how are the kids when they come into the program? Um, how do they take to it? Do you get a lot of resistance? Do you find, or are they right there and happy to be there and, and participate and everything? How does it, how does it, how, how does it work? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there is a huge difference between boys and girls. Okay. I mean, you know, there really is. Uh, boys come in off the chain usually where they've been in a box at a desk all day long. Um, they're just kind of itching to be boys. You know what I mean? They're just kind of hard to zero in on hard to kind of bring in bring together so um usually the physical activity comes first with those guys getting them involved getting them worn down um and then the lesson can be taught their minds are ready and open um for that girls are much easier to coach. They, it seems at that age, they're just open to coaching. They're open to what you're saying. They're open to um, 
authority figures, uh, you know, as coaches are, um, positive reinforcement. And you can really get the lesson in and then do their physical uh, stuff, their training. Um, so girls and boys are different, but they are all – and they all come in with it, with their own expectations, their own, um, what they want to get out of the program. Some of them just want to be there with a friend. Um, some of them really are interested in running and what that could lead them to. Um, you know, it's a, it's a mix, but they're all there for a reason. And even if they're there for the physical they're going to get a lot out of the social emotional. And if they're just there for the companionship and to be coached and, you know, maybe they can't be on a soccer team, they're going to get a lot of the physical um, and, and the social emotional. So there's, it, it runs the, it runs the spectrum on what they're expecting and what they get out of it. But they're all, the programs are designed so that they all get something out of that. That's great. Um, when you guys are, um, selecting the kids is, is it, I guess that is my question. Do you select them or do they sign up for it? What's the, oh, they sign up. it would be, yeah, the, the teams are limited in size. Uh, so, you know, you've got your team spots and then you can have a wait list. Um, but we don't, we don't, uh, put, we don't choose select kids. It's open to our schools are small. So um, we're looking at you maybe have in a third, fourth and fifth grade class, you may be handing slips out to 60 girls. And if you can get, you know, a, 25% of that or so really interested Um you're good because you may get about 12 or 14 girls on a team. So that's, you know, that's what you want. And um, it is a pay, uh, both programs are pay programs, but um, so there is registration cost, but it's on a sliding scale as far as affordability. Um, so that any child can participate. And where we are is, we're rural. We are very rural and we are poor. Um, we have high poverty rates. So we have great nonprofit organizations here locally. Um, our local health foundation, um, we've written grants to consistently and they have funded them consistently so that no girl or no boy has to pay. Um, if they want to participate, it's covered. Um, and we were able to do that through their support and then also working with the organizations, letting them know that, Hey, we love these programs enough to find the outlet for money. That's going to pay for it at regular costs because we wanted, if we could find the money, we wanted the programs to be able to grow. So instead of having them um, not profit or not be able to grow the programs, we were able to find financing um, for the full amount. And it's, you know, hundred dollars, $115 for, uh, for the season, um, which is not bad, but it could be restrictive, um, you know, for, for families. Um, you know, if you're signing your kids up for dance or soccer or league basketball or hockey or whatever it is, there are costs associated with that. And there's costs associated with this to just to train the coaches and, insurance and to put on the final race events and those kinds of things. But 
as much as it can be not restrictive, uh, local affiliates and things like that try to make it so. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you've got a really strong community there and being able to make that program accessible is going to benefit a lot of kids out there that otherwise wouldn't be able to get into something like this. So bravo to you and and your team there for being able to do that. Thanks. And Girls on the Run International, you know, it is it is an international organization um, based in Charlotte and they really do a good job of making sure that it, the program is accessible and that they can um, get into the smaller communities uh, that are out there. They've got a great model coming up on their 25th anniversary. So or birthday anniversary, whatever you want to say, but it's there. Um, they're coming up on that. And uh, you know, it's, it's grown. It started with, I think, a group of maybe 12 or 14 girls 25 years ago. And now they're, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of girls strong, you know, every season. So it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how it grows, how it catches on. Yeah. That's, that's really wonderful. You know, I wanted to comment on, on, on the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm working towards my bachelor, um, in health sciences and one of the one of the courses i took recently was um was talking all about social capital really and what that means to a community right and whether you're poor or rich they're showing that you know having having access to a strong community actually provides better health outcomes physically for people um and there were some great studies that showed that where people you know who had had bad bad physical habits such as smoking high cholesterol all this stuff and the doctors were wondering why aren't these guys having heart attacks? And they, they did this big study. It took place in the seventies. I think it was in Pennsylvania. And they found that the community was so tightly knit and strong that these people weren't having the health outcomes you'd expect. And then as, as they changed and integrated, cause this was a community of, I think it was Italian immigrants. And as they kind of integrated and became more Westernized, I guess they went from the front porch to the backyards and kind of didn't hang out with their neighbors anymore. And that's when you started seeing an increase in, in the cardiovascular disease and all those other things sure. were catching up to them. But, you know, catching these kids at such a young age and, and giving them an outlet and giving them a community is only going to set them up for success in the future. And one of the questions I wanted to ask, whether you know or not, is do you find as these kids grow up over the past 25 years, are they coming back and becoming coaches themselves and being part yeah. of the program? That's, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're, you know, um, I hope you get to speak to someone from Girls on the Run, and I'm sure they'll give you some examples that, you know, there's a highlight on the on their webpage now of, you know, these girls that are coming back and becoming coaches, becoming board members, uh, becoming um, advocates in the community for the program. Um, it's it's amazing to go to one of the races because all the girls get the number one. Um, it's an untimed event. Um, so there is a clock and there are the girls that have got their goals and I've coached quite a few of them that have got their goals and they're set. And I tell you what, it's amazing to see at that age, I've had several that are, um, sub sevens, you know, in fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade that are, you know, out there busting out a sub seven 5k. And, uh, it, it's amazing to see the look on their face of just sheer, you know, I did it. And then the ones that have, you know, have 
physical uh, disabilities. You know, we've had girls uh, on walkers and wheelchairs. We've had all kinds of athletes and every girl is different. They all have their their goal that they want to uh, that they want to meet. And that's part of the program is early goal setting. And, you know, that that doesn't happen in a lot of other places at that age uh you know you're even i guess you've got an outcome maybe with dance or with you know you want to win the game or the season with a soccer team but individual goals being out there by yourself um it's you against the clock it's you against yourself uh running really does teach you life lessons and i think for them to be exposed early to that and running is ugly man you see you see each other at your ugliest when you're out there with the snot and the sweat and the spitting and the you know just and and if you can see somebody at their ugliest like that and really connect with them there's i mean you break each other down and you see each other at your most vulnerable because it hurts. Running can hurt sometimes. And so um, you're there, they're there to support each other. We're there to support them. They're there to support us. And it's uh it's great learning. Um, and it's, it's something that hopefully they take on. Uh, and you were talking about the chronic disease earlier um, with poverty, you know, that there are those outcomes, those chronic disease outcomes. And um, we're seeing a lot early of stress, anxiety, um, depression, uh, obesity. And these things are starting so early um, that it's, They've got to have something. We've got to have more. And PE time's being cut. Art wow. is being cut. All these things are being, you know, uh, unfunded or funds are being cut. And you've got to have something somewhere um, where they're able to engage and be kids and learn these lessons about themselves. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And like you said, it teaches you life lessons and. You know, as sad as it is to hear that, you know, these children at such a young age are experiencing things like health problems or anxiety, you know, mental or physical uh, related issues. Um, it's it just highlights the importance of the program. Sure. Right. That you're involved in. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And um, that's one of the things you had mentioned, you know, it's not necessarily a team sport as as you know, you have 14, 15 kids at a time involved on a team there are really those individual goals. And that's one of the things I really love about running is it's really you against yourself. If you want to, you know, pick somebody and aim for them as a motivation, that's great. But at the end of the day, it's you and what you can do. And, you know, if you know you, you gave it your all out on the track or out on the course and you came up short, at least you can have that satisfaction that, you know what, I did my best. I'm going to train harder and use that to carry on. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I wanted to, to move into the type of running you're doing with these kids. Now, I know it culminates in a 5K event at the end of the session. Um, are they training on the track? Are you taking them cross country on the road? How, how does that all work? Because I'm assuming a lot of these kids, if it's their first time in, they might not have any sort of physical background. So you sure. might be starting from scratch, right? You are. You're starting from, I mean, and there are a few that are, you know, your athletic kids that, that do have, um, 
a bit of background and they're the one and and at that early age you can really see natural athletes it's um it's kind of amazing to see uh eight-year-old nine-year-old take off and just have the natural uh plant pull and sweep you know i mean just and arms going and just, you know, the natural on the toes, light, light feet. And you see that, but then you also see the ones that all they're going to do is walk it. And that's great. That's fine. As long as they are moving forward, hopping, skipping, jumping, walking, crawling. It doesn't matter. As long as they're moving forward and forward in life is really the lesson you want to teach them is, you know, that's what we want. We want as long as you are moving and anything faster than what you did the day before is is, uh, is, 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 is what we want. You know, it's, it's all about being better today than you were yesterday and hoping to be better tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow may be rough and tomorrow you may not feel like putting a hundred percent, but you've got to put something out there because if not, then you're going to have a coach tiger or somebody to remind you why you are out there and that, you know, talking is great, you know, catching up with each other and socializing is great. Um, which a lot of that gets done. Um, but you want to be able to, uh, get the physical side. And I guess as far as what location, whatever the school has available. So you've got, uh, rock dust tracks at some schools, you've got paved tracks at some schools, you've got no tracks at some schools, except maybe something that's just kind of out in a field and you, they go the border on the field. And so, um, you're looking at in some cases estimates on distances say that it looks like it well with now a gps and everything on their phone people's phones you can get a you can get an app and say you know eight laps around that field is a mile or whatever so you know there's some of that but um for the most part it's whatever the whatever they've got available um we practice rain or shine. Uh, either of the programs practice rain or shine. Um, if it's absolutely freezing, of course, you, you go in the gym or run the hallways or whatever the school has available there too. But um, you, uh, uh, you're going to do something and they're not going to melt. That's a, that's a good lesson to learn early too. If you get a little wet, you're not going to melt. Uh, you can layer up once you get, start to get hot, you can peel layers. So all kinds of lessons being learned. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, you know, I was, I've kind of lost my train of thought here cause I had a great question lined up for you, but I'll get back to it anyways. Um, one of the things I was going to ask, actually, here it is. So when you're on the on the course with the kids and they're running and you may, you may see somebody get discouraged or kind of break down as things kind of happen. Um, how does that, um, play itself out? Do you go, do you kind of watch them to see what they're doing? Do you go right up to them and try to encourage them? Do their teammates or their friends come up to them and try to pick them up and carry them on? I'm sure there's maybe there's a mixed bag. That's the dream scenario is, you know, the, the girls bond and they're third, fourth and fifth grade girls. So they're, 
usually sweet anyway. And they, you know, they're all in class together and they're all looking out for each other. Best case scenario, you want them to pick each other up. Um, you're going to watch. You want them to pick each other up. You want them to pick themselves up. You want them to, if it does start to hurt, to have, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to stop. If that cramp hits you, you know, it's okay. But after, and I, you know, I usually go at my own pace where I'm, passing the girls continue or boys continuously um, able to encourage my way through. And if, if I see that they're struggling, a word of encouragement, you know, those kinds of things, um, a stop and walk uh, with them just to find out how things are going. But ultimately you want to see them make the choice to push on, um, do the best they can meet that goal that they've set for the day um, and be as supportive as you can to that goal. Um, and, and the girls really do when it starts to get close, when they're starting to get on that, you know, that they've got maybe five laps la left and you've only got 10 minutes left to go. You know, the girls that have finished, usually hop back out there with the girls that are still going and jump out there. And, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a really great thing um, to watch is to see kids coming together just to support each other. Um, and they want that pat on the back themselves, you know, to say, I did this today. I ran two miles today. When they get in the car with mom or dad, whoever picks them up or grandma, some sort of uh caretaker uh I, I did it i ran two miles today and you know parents can't you know a lot of parents can't do that and with these programs um they each have a running buddy uh that that runs with them at the end of the uh, during the race so this is an added incentive for those parents guardians whoever aunt uncle to to kind of get in shape as well because they're going to be expected to bring somebody with them to participate in that race with them oh, uh, yeah so it's a it's a good thing building the community you know you're you're yeah. building that community it adds to the training if if you've got somebody else in the family that's going to have to do it um, to get out on Saturdays or Sundays and, and tackle that, you know, get a little extra training in. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Hey, Trail Tailors. If you have a running story that you'd like to share with our tribe, please reach out to me. You can email me at trailtalesarp at gmail.com or go to our website, trailtalesarp.com and fill out a guest intake form. And if you're the type of person that's a little bit on the shy side, just send me an email or a message and I'll read it on the show for you. That's not a problem. Love to hear from you guys. Run wild. I wanted to go back to one of the things you had mentioned, whereas I think it's really great that you had said, you know, the kids focus on their goal for that day. They're not looking too far ahead. Right. And I think, sure. would you agree with me when I say that, you know, that's a great way to kind of help manage anxiety. Sometimes when you, when your brain starts spinning its wheels, you start thinking about all these things that aren't necessarily in your control. It can bring on some anxiety or even panic attacks. But when you're so focused on just what's ahead of you, just for that day and this one thing, and you're working towards that, um, it can really help you kind of gain a sense of control and then accomplishment at the end of the whole thing. 
Yeah, sure. Small incremental steps, right? That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's one foot in front of the other, one step in front of the other. And then hopefully you pick up pace and you're able to, to accomplish. But the the small goals, the daily goals that they set themselves, you know, if you think about any marathon or ultra marathon, anybody that you've interviewed, these great athletes that are just unbelievable world-class athletes they had to start somewhere they had to start with that first cramp in their side they had to start you know with the first wall that they hit they had to start somewhere and they had to get through that day and then they had to make the choice to get back out there the next day and that's really where the team comes in because at that age, it's easily it's easy to get discouraged too. As resilient as they are, and as um, tough as they are, and as easy as they do bounce back sometimes, um, they can really get discouraged easily too if they're not hitting those goals um, consistently. So, making the goals realistic uh, is is part of a coach's job, is part of an adult. Uh, mentor's job um, to kind of wrangling those expectations is uh, and and as a seasoned runner you know when they go out and they say I'm gonna run a six minute mile you're thinking go for it but let's rein that in a little bit let's maybe try to think six minute miles great let's do that but let's if we're gonna do that realistically probably gonna hit that in middle school you know, high school, if we're, you know, if we're, if we're really training, we're really working, you know, we yeah. can, we can probably do it, but you've got to rein that in, but you can say seven minute miles, let's do it. You know, let's, let's hit that, you know, that that's doable. That's easy. Uh, if we, if we want to put that work in. So um, I just, I think that being an adult in the situation and being supportive you have to be able to say, I just don't know that that's doable at this time. Not saying it's not doable. It's just not doable at this time. We have to hit this mark first. Yeah. You know, you can't, and it's like your marathoners, your ultra marathoners, they, they have to hit those first distances first before they can ever think about the 50 miles before they can ever think about the 70 miles. You know, it's yeah. just, it's one of those things where you and you have to be willing to take those licks to the the days when you you didn't hit it and it may be a while before you actually hit it um and to temper those expectations running is a very humbling thing um you know uh, a niggle can turn into uh, an injury pretty quickly if you're not paying attention to what's going on and and the goals and the timeline um, and you rush things uh, you can really go backwards and social emotional learning too if you're trying to work through something or trying to gain all these tools quickly you're gonna miss so much that's why these curriculums are spread out and you build on things um just like you would with the with the learning uh or with the training you're it's building from day to day from session to session yeah it's it's got to be a difficult thing as a coach when dealing with kids at that age to kind of temper their expectations because 
there's almost like I want to do it now and they may not understand that you know there's there's a process behind it so that's that's got to be kind of one of the tougher things to get that message through to them would you say oh yeah definitely the but but at that age too you can easily challenge their expectations with okay let's see what you got I've got a stopwatch here. This is what you want. If you're going to make that, then you have to make the first lap where you break it down into something smaller. If you're wanting to do a six minute mile, then you have to make it around the first lap in a minute and a half. Right. That's as slow as you can go. So let's see you do it. Yeah. You know, go. And so you see where they are. And then that's, that shows them, okay, maybe, Maybe, maybe I can't do that. So let's pull it back a little bit. Let's see how fast I can do one lap and let's go from there. That's a great um, You know, it's, it's just one of those things of thinking, thinking the way they think, I guess, you know, trying to put yourself in a, in a kid's shoes and what they see. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember, you know, we go, going back to the Maggie Valley Moonlight Race the and the Haywood County Roadrunners Club um, put on the Maggie Valley Moonlight Race. And it was big prize money back in the 80s. And so we had, I don't know if you're familiar with Rocket Rod Dixon. Um, I'm not. Tell me a little bit about him real quick. Okay, so he won the New York City Marathon. He's He lives in New Zealand. He is... Um, he, he ran, he's an Olympian, but he was one of the athletes that came and I must've been seven or eight and he stayed at our house. And so my, you know, he stayed there, he ran the race, he won the race. Um, ESPN back in the day, I think, you know, even televised this race. Oh, wow. uh, it's in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. It's uh, like, it's a 10K, so I guess three miles down and three miles back. And it's down a it's a it's an incline that running down doesn't feel like anything. But coming back up, I mean it really, you know, you 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 notice it. And I I, I would wake up with his poster, sign, you know, his the poster that he signed for me while he was there and at our house. And I would it was his win at the New York City Marathon, 80. And uh, one of the closest finishes of the marathon ever. You see him come across the finish line, and the guy that crumpled like fell right there behind him in the in the picture. But anyway, um, just a hero of mine. And so having somebody to look up to, having somebody to see as an example, and know what they accomplished, and then go out and try to at an early age, hit some of those marks and just be like, and and not be able to do it. You know, it's one of those things where you take a great appreciation for uh, the physical attributes of people and what it takes to really become a winner, but really what the, the goal setting and the mindset is of, of what it takes to be a champion like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Musioki was also one of the uh, runners that came and participated in the race. I remember him because he, uh, he ran with the tops cut out of his shoes. Um, he was an Ethiopian runner. I think, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember, but he ran with the tops of his shoes cut out just below the laces. So his feet could breathe. And I remember 
um, him coming to uh, a party at the house um, and, and being able to meet him and, you know, just those guys having heroes, having people in the running world, like kids would have uh, Messi or Ronaldo or uh uh, Ovechkin or, you know, how they've got these heroes, uh, that, that are there. And I got to see them in the running world and we just don't see those much anymore. I guess maybe I guess you know, road running is not, it's not as mainstream as it used to be. Um, it's not as, uh, prominent. I don't know. There's still awful lot of runners out there, but, uh, you know, just the, the competitive sport of it all, getting these kids excited about it, um, is a bit difficult getting the buy-in, but once they get that first taste of, of really of the runners high, um, and they, and you can see it when they get it out there, you can really tell when a, when a kid gets that runner's high, when they, stop panicking when they, you know, uh, when, when they lose their breath or their breath, uh, starts to normalize, yeah. you know, whenever they get through that first initial, oh, I'm winded. What do I do? What do I do? And that breath normalizes the heartbeat regulates and they just go, you know, when they really see that and they can feel that it's a growth moment for them. Um, and it, it helps in the classroom because they really, they recognize that they've got, uh, they've got power over a lot more than they thought they did. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that goes over a lot of our kids or some of our kids, maybe victims of abuse, uh, those kinds of things. And that helps them regain a sense of their self their body they know they can control something um they do have some sort of control so uh that's a huge lesson that running um is teaching uh our students too um is the that that their body is their body and they can control it and it is an amazing thing um once they once they really get in there and uh do some work absolutely and i think you know it it just goes to show them as well like they're capable of so much more than they ever knew, you know, but that kind of leads into my next question. You kind of answered it already, but you know, how do you see the program translating into the classroom with the kids? Like they get the sense of control, maybe increased confidence, work with their performances at work with the children who are, you know, um, having behavior issues, what kind of improvements you see with these kids? Um, there we're seeing increased confidence, um, in the classroom. So a more willingness to raise hands and answer questions. Amazing. Um, you know, a openness to teachers. A lot of times their, uh, coaches may be teachers, uh, in the school, uh, volunteers in the school. So the, the teachers are getting to see a different side of the students. The students are getting to see a different side of the teachers outside of the classroom, which builds in uh, better communication through adults with the adults. Um, we're seeing less bullying um, because you, we are getting the lessons number one, but you've also got teammates watching your back in the classroom. Um, you've got shared accountability a lot of times uh, for things in the, in the classroom. I know with our boys program, the let me run program, they, uh, the being able to 
uh, have maybe a leader in the classroom um, or the quiet one in the classroom, maybe kind of be a, a check-in type person for maybe the guy that's a little boisterous or looking for attention. Um, you know, they can, they can seek, they can, they've got that guy as a buddy, as a, as a touchstone, or, you know, you can, you can put those uh, kind of people in place in the afternoon during your coaching sessions and during the, the, the program. And it just rolls over into the day because you know that these guys are going to be sitting in the same classroom and you can say, Hey, check in on so-and-so, or, you know, you see one that's down and out, um, maybe a little blue going through some things at home. You know, you can have some of these other girls check in, you know, and they, they see this and they, and they talk about these things in the in the lessons you know they really talk and they get to share experiences and they may not know that um they may there may be a fifth grader that's going through something that the third grader is going through and so you know it doesn't seem like 10 and 8 are that big of a difference Mm -hmm. but the 10 year old is a peer mentor for the eight-year-old for the third grader you know they really are and they they can see they can work through things together they can see that you know this girl's not that different from me or you know um it's just it's amazing once you get the kids talking on a different level and you get them active on a different level um and engaged with each other and engaged with uh with a caring adults just what a difference it makes in confidence and uh communication it really these programs are something special just because of the the social emotional part but coupled with the running and running is such a personal thing uh to to everyone that that does it you know it it really does help the young person blossom in ways that you would not normally see maybe uh, participating in team sport because in a team sport you're and I participate in team sports uh, love them but in a team sport you may have somebody that is quiet and they're going to get lost out there on the field sometimes uh, you, you may you have to communicate well um, a lot of times on a team in the game while things are going on. All you have to do is communicate with yourself and be confident in that relationship. And you can really do amazing things with running. And I think that that is something that is really appealing to um, the participants in our programs. Most yeah. of the participants. Yeah. Uh- Wonderful, wonderful to hear. And I think, you know, you make a really great point where, you know, with this program, because it's associated with the school, um, you've got this added benefit that you wouldn't necessarily have with somebody doing, you know, an outside sport, team sport or something, because like you said, a lot of the coaches or teachers or faculty at the schools, and you can all kind of keep an eye on on each other, your teammates are going to be in the same classrooms or in the same hallways with you outside at recess. Whereas, you know, if you go to an organized sport outside of that, it might be from different areas, different schools, you know, your coaches and stuff aren't going to be there with you at school. So this really does translate. Like you said, um, you get to see somebody, get to know somebody on a different level. And I think that is such um, probably an important factor to the success you're seeing with these kids and with the program. It's got to be. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And the girls that come back and are coaches, um, you know, they've got the, they've been through and they're able to look back and say, these lessons help me in this way. And, you know, these girls are, you know, early, I guess at 25 years old, the oldest would be in their, you know, mid thirties, maybe. And so they're, they're able to look not so far back and say, you know, this lesson on communication really helped me with my parents when I decided that I wanted to go to this school instead of this school. And I was able to tell them, you know, what, you know, so it, I think, um, just the building and the longevity of the programs now um, has has really benefited because, you know, you've got your organizations that have been around for so long um, that it's built in, you know, they're, they're, you know, your Pop Warner football, your Little League baseball, your AYSO soccer. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what your hockey would be, uh, you know, the, the, your hockey organizations, but those kinds of things where they've been along, they've been institutionalized for so long. And those values um, have really been set forth. You know, you see the little league world series every year on ESPN and you hear about the success stories and you hear about what great young men, these, these guys are becoming. And it's because I guess a lot of the values that are instilled through that sports play, that form of baseball. And so, um, same thing with these running programs, the longer they're around, the, the more that the kids are engaged with the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the stronger we're going to see these generations of boys and girls that participate in programs like this, uh, be self-aware and be grounded and be able to say, um, I feel this way. I can analyze this. I'm, I'm confident in what I believe. I'm confident in what I say. Um, and I'm confident in who I am because I've put an awful lot of miles, you know, through my body and beat a lot of beat a lot of my uh, insecurities out on the pavement, you know, or taking a lot of my aggression or um, uh, depression or anxiety out on, you know, the pavement, you know, I've just beat it out. I've thought it out. I've taken it out on, um, uh, on myself, you know, in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great, it's a great mechanism to help cope and kind of sort things out as you're running along. Um, you know, you just can't be better. And it's interesting because, um, the next few guests, including yourself, you know, there's kind of a theme here with, with the shows and with the guests I'm having on, we're talking about how the, the benefits of running kind of, you know, um, cross that line into improving your mental health and everything. And it's, it's across the board. It can help anybody. And it's showing, you're showing right here that it can help even our youth, not just adults. I don't know. You know, I don't know where I would be that, like I say, I, that, that is the greatest thing that I think my father gave to me was the gift of running and the love of running. Um, it's been a, it's been a long and hard relationship sometimes, you know, because, uh, you have your injuries, you have your ups and your downs with running, you know, like you were saying, but mental health wise, I really, you know, don't know where I would be if I didn't have this outlet 
and have had this outlet my whole life to to put it out there to really release uh you know be that pressure release that pressure valve that just you know i gotta go and if we can start uh giving that tool um to the younger ones uh to to those that really need it and can use it um and put it to use uh we can really change lives and and then and, and mental health uh doesn't become such a stigma um if you're talking about it from an early age if you're saying you know i feel you know they, they learn the statements they learn the feeling statements i feel yeah. this when you because you know and they learn how to talk and they learn how to communicate with each other and they learn how to communicate with themselves and what they're feeling getting in touch with you know the butterflies in the stomach, the anxiety, the the sad feelings, the depression, those kinds of things, um, they're able to really to get through and to learn how to breathe and focus and, and, and do those things. So, yeah, that's great. And, you know, you're very fortunate, I think, to have been given that gift from your father of introducing you to running and you've carried on your entire life. So myself, I've got um, my youngest children are four and seven years old. Um, and my oldest one who's still at home with me is a, my 17 year old daughter. And I started running when she was, oh, she must've been around eight or nine years old. Anyhow, and my youngest ones I've been running their entire life. And I guess, you know, I, I would ask, like, I have some things I do with my kids now, like my, both of them have been in the running stroller with me and I, I take yeah. them with me all the time and they see me running. It's just a part of life. Um, now my seven year old, he'll get on the bike and he'll, go on with me and I'll still have my four-year-old in the stroller, but she's getting close to the age where she can get on the bike and keep up with me. But, sure. you know, for us parents out there that are listening to this, what kind of, what kind of advice would you be able to give us um, for our children to kind of give that gift to them as well, whether we meet or met with resistance or if they kind of just take it on naturally. Make it fun. Make it fun. I mean, you've, yeah, you've got to, you've got to make it fun. I'm not saying that my dad necessarily made it <laughs> fun. Um, I think uh, it was fun for him to have me out there. Um, I, I kind of took it up. I loved it. I love the challenge of it. But a lot of these kids, it's not something they look forward to. They look forward to the camaraderie. They look forward to, you know, those kinds of things, but you're never going to have as much fun on, on, on one of these days as you will with an obstacle course or with, uh, you know, a fun sprint workout that, you know, and, and, and a little bit of competition is always good, you know, mm -hmm. um, setting, marks for you know setting goals for rewards i remember i had to you know we we're talking about that seven minute mile i remember being young and the first nike air maxes came out with the they were the electric electric blue and like oh they were such a hot hot <laughs> pair of shoes and i remember my dad said you, you run your seven minute mile those are yours Right. So, I mean, it took me several tries, but I hit that mark I, and he followed and follow through, you know, he followed through with that's huge. So he followed through with his end of the deal, but that showed me that I could hit that. And then, you know, what was the next mark, you know, the six and a half and then the six and then the five and then the, you know, so it was one of those things where 
I got a taste of it. I got a taste of not just the, I hit that time, but I got the reward of not just making my goal, but there was a, it was a sweet pair of kicks at the end of that rainbow, man. <laughs> and, you know, but, but, you know, just the small daily things that yeah. we do in practices that are fun, because if you make it like, they don't understand that they're training, you know, you can really get a lot accomplished and a lot of uh, distance covered and a lot of workout done. If you, hide it you know it's kind of like putting blending up the vegetables in the spaghetti sauce you know <laughs> you can make you know you can make things fun and you can make physical activity fun and it's supposed to be fun and the 5k you eventually get to where you want them to sustain that pace and do those things but to get that base level and that love of just movement and going, you've got to make it fun. Oh. You know, you've got to, you just got to. And if you've got enough room um, for a large course, great. If you've got a, a, just a small amount of space, it's just a lot of reps. You know, you have a good time with whatever you've got and you, you're creative. You've got to be creative and you've got to make it fun. That is some wonderful advice, Tiger. Thank you so much for that. I will be sure. take, taking some of those tips and implementing that with my kids. I think following through is one of those one of those big things we have to do. Um, Tiger, before we close up our, our conversation here, I got some questions for you, just some rapid fire stuff, nothing too difficult, but just to get to know a little bit about what your preferences are for running. So I guess uh, I'm, I'm guessing you don't fit in those Nike Air Max shoes anymore, but what, what kind of shoes are you running in right now? What's your favorite shoe? Uh, I am a glycerin guy. So I run the glycerin. I guess I'm in the 16s now. So the Brooks uh, glycerins, um, those uh, I've run through every series now. I'm 6'4", um, 185 pounds. So um, good stable shoe. Love it. Gives you good cushioning. Yep, absolutely. Wonderful. Um, Do you prefer road, track or trail? Trail. Trail. Yeah, wonderful. Me too. I'm, I'm a trail guy. It's one of the hardest places to get to, though, just because of, you know, time constraints and everything. But uh, a trail run is just, it's it's just a wonderful gift. Eh? Yeah, I'm lucky here. I'm, uh, we've got gr- a great greenway system, and my house is uh, right adjacent. So I'm out the door, and dogs and I are out the door and on the greenway. So we can, we can access lots of places around here. And we're in the country, man. We're not far away. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, how about distance? Do you have a favorite distance you like to run? Um, I'm happy anywhere six to ten. Just get me out there, get me moving. Six to ten. Um, if I'm not training for anything, um, that's the mileage to just kind of clear the head and uh, get focused. Perfect. And um, what's your favorite post long run food? Let's go with guilty food. <laughs> uh, oh, guilty food. Oh, man. Uh, what is it? Are they Andy Caps hot fries? You know, the, the little hot fries, Andy Caps hot fries or Tom's hot fries, the little corn and potato puff snack. Oh, they're good. Oh, really? Eh? 
We don't yeah. have those up here. You're going to have to, uh, have know, to check those out on Google or yeah, something. You'll have to yeah, get them on your travels. Or uh, a little th- maybe for another guilty one, some barbecue uh, pork rinds, man. Little chicharrones. Mm, nice, fried eh? pork skins. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff, Tiger. Um, that's about all I got for you, man. Listen, I've had such a great time talking to you. and yeah, I'm glad and, we connected. Yeah, me too. We'll have to do it again. I'm going to definitely, I got your email. I'm going to get in touch with somebody from uh, Girls on the Run International and get them up on the show as well. And Please do. I've already spoken to them, and they said that they'd be happy to. Awesome. They'll be getting an email from me in the next next day or two. And uh, cool. listen, keep up the great work you're doing man you're you're helping out the youth and, and making the future a better place so thank you for that I love it 100 love it keep and, running keep those dogs healthy keep those absolutely. dogs healthy keeping you healthy that's it man that's it and listen i got one last thing to share with you or to say and that is to run wild my friend run wild trail tales erp now has a brand new youtube channel you can head over there through our website and check out all our latest videos. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you could also leave us a review on wherever you get our podcast from, that would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tails underscore ARP. And you can also join our Strava running group at trail tails ARP. Thank you so much for your continued support. Run wild.